it's Backdoor Cut! <laughs> Back for another week. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here as always with just got out of his first in-person basketball argument in ages, Jake Eisenberg. Mm, it's good to, to talk shit with people in real life, but look, they're going to start talking shit about Marcus Smart telling me the Celtics aren't as good as the Cavs. The decibels are going up. I'm coming for you. That's and for sure. With us, as always, is new Cavs, uh, new Celtics fan, should I say, oh, Matt, wow. Matt Beatty. I, I, come on now, come on. Let's not <laughs> let, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Set here. Matt, I was I've, I've, wearing my Dallas Mavericks pajamas yeah. this morning when I watched that game and was very happy. I'm just saying, I've, I've definitely seen more more green on you in the past couple of weeks than the past four years combined, maybe. <laughs> Well, it's hard to have less than zero, I guess. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> That's very true. Anyway, kicking straight in, why don't we dive into our favorite weekly and only regular segment, the Rose Gold Moment of the Week, where we celebrate Australian hoops in whatever form that may be, locally, in the NBA, abroad, whatever. Um, this week, I think the, the popular take here is going to be Jock Landale. Uh, 26 points, career high, coming off the uh, pop most wins of all time game. So yep. doing his coach a solid. He Zach Collins played in that game, so it's great that he's getting run even with Zach Collins in the rotation and Pirtle. Um, he's got a, the softest touch of the three. If this is a sign of things to come, then we might not be dead yet. Last week we were kind of saying Jock's been in a bit of a funk it's not really been going his way, so to storm home with something like that, I think he deserves our rose gold moment of the week. Yeah, for sure. I like I didn't check in on that game, but I was very delighted to hear that Jock Landau put up a twenty six point game. That's that's P- legit. Pertle was out; he didn't play, so that oh, I man, I'm sense. still like I think it's awesome. Makes obviously, we we're, we're stoked for him. It's just a, an opportunity thing, and and hopefully he can get more run in the, the remaining games in the season. That's, that's Dude, basically it. That that Putting up 26 in an NBA game is no joke. I don't care if it's a blowout and you're against scrubs, whatever it is. Yeah. That is a real accomplishment and shows that you have some skills, which we already knew, obviously. I think we all believe that there's a place for Jock in a, in a top 10 of a rotation, maybe top eight, uh, if he can find his feet a little bit more. But yeah, that's, that's something to tell you tell your kids about that would be so sick if i could tell my kids i put up 26 in an nba game but how he's been going about it i i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say this won't be the last time we're talking about jock scoring roughly 25 ish points he's got one of the softest touches for a big man going around like the softest on the spurs that's for sure i can't think of a huge list of big men that are that agile and smooth around the rim that touch is soft. Yeah, oh yeah, it's real really soft. soft. I uh, like I yeah, dude. I even just like putting him in the shop window so other NBA markets can get a look at him and say, mm. oh, okay, that guy, he can do some stuff. Maybe maybe there's a contract for him at some point down the line. I think that's either or. Like obviously, you know, San Antonio have had a, a proper look at him this season, and and Spurs. I mean, Popovich are pretty happy with his rotation and and. He hasn't really cracked it as much as probably would or like, but I mean, offensively, yeah, he, he, he can do a little bit of everything. 
I, I reckon he's doing well. Like in terms of pop playing a rookie, like Chuck's doing about as well as we can ask of him. Hopefully this is going to go a long way to securing his stay or as you say, putting him in the shop front. I think his rookie deals two years including yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. But like at this rate, there's no way he'll be out of the league. Someone will have a, have a nibble. Yeah, for sure. And just on the Spurs as well, pretty awesome to see Pop become the winningest coach of all time and hearing a lot of Pop stories. I know like from Madoka, he was under Pop for a while and he's clearly taken some of the Pop-isms, calling his guys out in the media, all that kind of stuff. Pop, Pops, he's wrote the rule book on these things, like being around as long as he has. And just the fact how he got into the job like being a front office man and then sacking the coach and hiring yourself who has never coached before. Whoa, I did not know that. Oh, mate, that, that, have a look. Uh, 1996 sick. or 7, whenever it was now. Um, so that explains why he's so involved in the front office side of things. Yeah, he, he was the front office mm, and then wow. sacked the coach, hired a no-experience coach in himself as the replacement. And went on to win five championships and go to the playoffs for twenty years. It's extraordinary. Like, who who better to hold the record for most winningest coach, yeah. other than maybe like Bill? Oh, I don't know. No, well, yeah. I mean, I thought it was just awesome to see all the dudes get around him. Purtle, the boys, and Pop hates all that kind of stuff. He hates he, it. He, yeah, yeah, he hates it. So he like they they get around him and he just. I don't think I've seen Pop move that fast in a few years. But he just, <laughs> bang, he was out through the tunnel. Is this the uh, post-game in the locker room? No, just no, before the locker, even to the locker room, like after the game was over, he was like shaking hands. It was against the Jazz and um, what, oh, the name's just aping me. He's the coach of the Jazz. Um, Snyder. Snyder. Snyder, that's right. He's dapping all, them all up. Congratulations. And then all the boys get around him, hug him. Congratulate him and Pop's like, get the fuck off me. I'm out of here. Sprints into the locker room. It was pretty special in the locker room after the game. I saw uh, DeJounte Murray. He got up, got everyone's attention, like said this Mm. speech for Pop and all that. And Pop was like, oh, thank you, brother. That is beautiful. Thank you. And then the whole team crowds around, pours the Gatorade over him, going off and all that stuff. And he's like, you're running suicides in the room. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I, I love how much... Everybody that's come into contact with him loves him. Like there's, yeah, I think he's just awesome. a real genuine guy. And I guess that's how you become the most winningest coach in the yeah. history of the NBA. I, I think that's the other thing too, right? Like his legacy as a coach, like you mentioned it a bit with Udoka. Like you could mm. literally go through probably half of the league's coaches mm. and be like, this guy has spent some time with the Spurs at some point or another as an assistant or as a whatever, like as a former player. Like like that, that legacy over, you know, two decades plus is... is it's going to be hard to match for any other coach. Oh my I God. swear a couple of yeah. years ago, we were even talking on this show about how teams were looking for or when they hired oh, a new coach yeah. with a bit of spurs in him. It's oh. like, oh, that's a good thing. Oh, my God. Brad Stevens, like he's just down on his knees at the altar of the beautiful game 2014 <laughs> Spurs. Like he, he's been trying to get the Celtics to play that way the whole time he's been there. Yeah, And Udoka's come in and got them to do it a little bit, but... I think me and Beatty were talking about this. I remember before you hopped on one day, Josh, just like how much a, how much does a coach matter kind of thing. Mm. You know, obviously the talent of your team is the 
the most important thing. Um, and the X's and O's are one part of it. But like if you're a coach, it's able to get people to buy into what you're doing, to believe in the collective and stay connected. That's the most important part. And even how many times have we come on here and been betting the under on the Spurs, being like, just give up Spurs and they make the playoffs or they, over, they excel expectations it's because he's able to get that buy-in no matter who uh, who's on the team. And that's probably the most important thing. Yeah, and on a on a season to season level, you know what what difference does those few extra wins make at the end of the day? But over the course of like a long term plan, those few wins every year they matter, and the getting the players to always care and never taking a night off. That's how oh, you make a twenty year dynasty, I suppose. So that if that's his legacy, you know, credit to Pop. But. We are in the rose gold moment of the week. And before mm. we jump out of that, got a bit of a curveball take, take by Jake. So controversial. Hit controversial. <laughs> hit me, pal. I messaged you earlier in the day. I've got a controversial rose gold take. Ben Simmons, <laughs> I think, has a claim to the rose gold of the week award. Or the without same one ste- that hasn't played yet? The, the, without even stepping foot on the court, <laughs> he's impacted the landscape of the of the Eastern Conference. I I would say if it's not the biggest game of the year, one of the biggest games of the year, we've got Philly following him around the bus, the hotel, booing him. He's wearing his kangaroo chain, which we like to see. Always. Yeah, we do like Patty to see Mills that. walks out in warm-ups with him. We the boomers like walk that. out together. Yeah. He's rebounding for Patty. And the boos, the boos are on. I think he gets a little cheer when he gets a layup. <laughs> there's, there's, the, there's the swirling rumors of Ben filing a $20 million grievance against the Sixers in Philadelphia for for finding him through mental health issues, etc., etc. And what has Ben Simmons done? He has sparked passion that we haven't seen out of the Brooklyn Nets, not once since they've been <laughs> together, not once since James Harden was on this team. Tell me the last time Kyrie Irving played defense like that. It was 2016. <laughs> to your credit, that, that's a good point. Like, they, they did. They hustled. And Ben Simmons, I think, deserves credit for that. After the game, Kyrie, you come at Ben, you come at us. KD, it's hard to chant Ben Simmons sucks when you're down 40 points. <laughs> that is mad. So and Ben like, Simmons... Yeah, I guess he, he he's... Hey. The universal hate for Ben being their teammate has brought the rest of the team together to back him up. That's a bizarre way for it to happen, but, but I guess here we are. Maybe this is all part of Maybe he doesn't need to play. Maybe this is his yeah. role on the team. He's just going to antagonize other teams from the bench. It's that siege mentality. He's, it's, it's us versus them, guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. So... He doesn't get a full award because I don't yeah. think he can get a full rose gold without actually playing. <laughs> yeah. But something to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm here truly, genuinely hoping that soon we can give Ben a rose gold moment of the week, a proper one. Oh, he's going to be stoked. Yeah, we'll, we'll at him, you know. Congrats, <laughs> Ben. Anyway, Jock Landale. Congrats, Ben. Semi-congrats. Moving on. Why don't we talk about the team Ben just left? 
mm. because perhaps it's not all peaches and cream with uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden. The record suggests they've been quite effective, although it's been very, very ugly. I know you got some thoughts about it, Jake, so I won't hold you back. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll uncuff those chains, go crazy. Oh no, I feel like I should let Betty go a little bit here before I just, you know, <laughs> I'll be, I'll black out. <laughs> I, I mean, I obviously as a as a recovering seventy sixes fan, <laughs> rapidly switched to a, a lifelong Brooklyn Nets fan after that trade, and even before a little bit. Come on, I'm, mm. I love my Nets. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a pleasant it's it's a, it's been a nice change up to be able to not like the Sixers. It, it's mm. it's cool. I've really enjoyed that the last couple of weeks. <laughs> freely, I, freely, yeah, it's freely. Like I I resented myself for hanging on to liking them when I really shouldn't have been. So it's it's nice to just let go of that. I don't know what what's I don't know if my my Simmons twenty five Sixers jersey has any future at the Salvo store that it's it's going <laughs> to find itself at at some point. Um, but I I mean it's. We were talking about it before we started recording. Like, it's just, a, it's a tough watch, man. Like, I just, oh. that's my biggest takeaway from Philly. And, like, I don't want to take away from them and, and their effectiveness as winning and effectiveness of basketball because, yeah, the record since the trade has been pretty good, right? Obviously, they, they had a, a dicey one today against Orlando, which they managed to just eke out in, in overtime. But for the most part, like, they have been winning games when James Harden and, and Joel Embiid have been on the floor. Um, but I just don't like watching dudes take like twenty free throws each a game, and when you got two of those guys on the team, like that's that's just a lot of standing there at the free throw line, and I it's it's a tough watch, and I like a, it's probably difficult for me to be objective with them a little bit because I just don't want to watch them half the time now. Yeah, I think it, what was it thirty seven free throws attempted today? Yeah, no thirty plus, something crazy. That's a lot. Uh, 37, yeah, 37. They shot 32 or 37 Jesus. from the line against Orlando. Keep in mind, it was an overtime game. Embiid went 15 or 17, Harden 13 or 15. Like, I, I, I don't want to harp on the so free because, like, they are the, two of the best guys in the world in terms of getting to the line. And, and whether yeah. or not you want to talk about how real some of these fouls are or whatever or, you know, foul hunting, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, they're two of the most elite players in the league at, at doing that. And it's a skill in itself. It's just aesthetically, I just don't enjoy watching it. That's that's what I'm, I guess that's my biggest. And like the prospect of a, a multiple game playoff series where this, I have to watch this team. It's just like, oh God, that sucks. Do, do, that raises a good point though. Do you think in the playoffs when, the refs are letting a little bit more slide. It can get a little bit more physical. Is it still going to be such a big deal? Is the game plan to get free throws or is it just a product of the two best players at getting free throws playing on the same team? I think it's it's just a byproduct of it. I, I That's not even what I'd be worried about so much. I think that kind of that style doesn't matter so much in the playoffs. It's not going to be impacted or, or whatnot. I think, yep. if anything, it's going to be James Harden potentially shooting them out of games. Because I, I think some of his three-point shooting is just... He'll have nights where he just he's just stone cold, can't hit anything. Well, and this that, kind of, yeah, no, go, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, this is kind of exactly what I mean. Like, in the season, he's going to get that foul. He's going to get the call. Then he goes to the line, sinks probably two, at least one, and go on, and you win the game. But in the playoffs, if you're not getting those fouls, it's just going to mean that James Harden and Embiid are going to brick the sixes out of the game you can't win a championship when so much of your offense is predicated on getting free throws 
it disrupts their offensive flow so much. You cannot get transition opportunities going. You can't get movement. Maxi's been invisible for two games. Well, he's, still, think, he's still getting some points and stuff. No, it's bro, just... like he, he's taken like seven shots in two games now or 10 shots in two games. Like he's been invisible the last two games. And I think this, like the, the, the vibes, the Harden honeymoon is over. <laughs> yeah, okay. It is over. You enjoyed your two nice wins against the Knicks, the Timberwolves off a of back-to-back. It was real fun. You rested against uh, Miami because it was a little. It was a tough back-to-back for old James's uh, hamstring. He was he was good enough to go out that night with the with the crew in Miami. Um, this you grifting can't miss Miami. Can't miss Miami. I understand. I but <laughs> I would have played and gone out. Yeah. <laughs> you. The grifting, the foul hunting is ingrained in the soul of this team now. It was already hectic with Embiid, and now you're bringing in the worst foul merchant in the history of the NBA. And now it feels like they're just infecting each other with grifting. 32-plus free throws is, is not a recipe for flowing offense. And in the playoffs, the rest aren't going to – there's going to be games where they do get to the line. There's going to be games where they don't. Like that Brooklyn game, they, Harden wasn't getting the calls. He was three for 17. Yeah, that's, that's my biggest fear for them. If, if he is just invisible in a game like that Brooklyn example, right? Like obviously Embiid is still a phenomenal player and he's going to get his regardless. But if you don't have anything else outside of Embiid and Harden's just having one of those those classic Harden moments like in the playoffs, like that's that's going to be the concern for me. So I was telling you guys, I got into my first in real life basketball argument with my um, my basketball team that I play in on Thursday mm-hmm. nights, and it was largely to do with the Philadelphia 76ers. And Jaden, I love you, best backcourt in the KGV uh, men's <laughs> division four league. Well, like Marcus Smart and Derek White out there, you you, you can't score on us. <laughs> Get out and transition. We're just murdering murdering other guards. Throughout so he the should, league. He should know better then. He should know better, right? <laughs> and I only just found out he's a Sixers fan. Where uh, he's, a, he's a new recruit and we're getting some nice wins. He's doing great. But we're having beers after the game. He's telling me the Sixers are going to the finals. And I'm like, big game, James. He's coming. You can't stop him. It's inevitable. And what do we see? Biggest game of the year. Not only does he... Do they lose the game? But he looked like he didn't want to be there. It looked like those games we've heard about. Harden's last eight elimination games. We all know the stats. He's 1-7, and seven, 39% from the field, 23% from three, six turnovers a game. Big well, game, James. He, you, raise, you raise a good point because that was a playoffs atmosphere. All of the things that the Houston... And Brooklyn fans warned Sixers fans about all of the rest of NBA fandom were saying that why they don't take the Sixers seriously came out in glorious fashion. I just don't know how you can you can if you're not a net uh, Sixers if you're a Sixers fan you're not having nightmares every night thinking about this guy going three for seventeen and not playing defense at the same time. Well, and then not just that, like you mentioned, the offense grinds down to a halt. There's no ball movement. There's no 
this or that. How do guys like Maxi and Tobias Harris, who are going to need to get in rhythm for the Sixers to be winning series, how are they going to do that if they can't? Exactly. And the, the first few games, a lot of a lot of movement. Maxi getting out and running. Tobias has actually looked pretty good today. And uh, he, he did look the only good guy, today. Actually, the only guy turned up against the Nets. He, he was a 30-point blowout. He didn't feel the pressure. So he was feeling okay. Gotcha. And then that's one one side of thing. But now trading, that, that trade has impacted their depth pretty significantly. They go six deep maybe now. It's yeah, I, I it's the I, Niang's like their third most important player yeah, now. Yeah, that's there's been a lot of Korkmaz this season and a lot of Niang and like I just don't feel confident in a playoff series with either. I'd like I like those guys, they're cool, but like whatever. Like it's and I, and I mean again, obviously this team is not this team is top heavy, right? You, you're yeah. hoping that it's going to be Harden and Embiid that are going to do the heavy lifting. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I. I mean, yeah, obviously, I think there's a, a level of, of cautious cautiousness with with Harden in the playoffs. You have it's to. Deservedly so, yeah. You have to. You have to. Like he's given <laughs> us no reason to believe otherwise. And the defense, that was my main concern with the with the trade as well. Well, I mean, I was I can was had concerns with their defense going into the playoffs before the trade as well. But they had been at like a top ten defensive rating for most of the season. The last ten games. 20th in the league. Sixers? The Sixers, 20th in the league oh, wow. in defensive rating over the past yeah. 10 games. And and their best defender, Thibel, good defender, he, he can't he can't hang with these big wings. He, he does an incredible job on the Steph Currys, the Dame Willards, guys like that. But when you're coming, about, coming up against KD, Tatum, Jimmy, Giannis, DeRozan... Mm. I think I, I just don't think they have anyone for that. And then who's who's next, man? It's Harden, Embiid, Tobias, Maxi, and that's Niang, Shake Milton, and Danny Green, and DeAndre Jordan, and Cormas. Well, Cormas <laughs> yeah, has been exactly. nailed to the bench. He's been awful. But yeah, as you said, it's going to be a question of uh, they're very clearly top heavy. Is that heaviness at the top going to be able to pull everything up with them? Because if not, that's it. Where do you have them? Where do you? How do you feel about them? Are you saying like, yeah, they can still make the finals? Uh, like, am I overreacting to one game or one or two games, including this Magic game where they look like shit as well? In my opinion, after seeing Embiid and Harden play together the first couple of times, even though it's extremely ugly, I could see how it's going to be a problem because. How do you defend against that? Even if it is through free throws, that's a real pain, you know? Like, it's really difficult. Sixers are going to get plenty of wins just through pounding the paint, pick and pops, uh, pick and rolls with Embiid, and just that two-man game will be enough to rattle off wins. Are they going to get? They're going to rattle off some regular season wins here. I'm talking well, about... Yeah, the the, that, that's what I mean. This, this Nets game... It has reminded me, so to speak, why I was so down on James Harden in the first place because this was a very playoff-like atmosphere. It was very like a one-game make-or-break type of game, like a Game 7, and we know Hmm. he disappears in those type of environments and he disappeared again 
So it it was interesting to see that. And I don't know if maybe it plays us, you know, he was just on that team. KD is supposed to be his mate. Maybe he's like, well, I don't want to, you know, everyone's mm. chanting, fuck Ben Simmons. I don't really want to get into that en- energy. And it could have been that. But, you know, you're James Harden. You want to win every game. And it didn't look like he wanted to win that one. The, the guy that tricked us, the fat suit Harden, who looked really good in the first few days, looking pretty slow the last couple yeah. of games. Like, he's not able to get by guys right now. Uh, like, I guess I don't know what to believe in that in that sense anymore because, you know, one week he's fat suit Harden and can't blow by anyone and then the next week he's like, oh, he was just pretending. He looks completely fine. Um, maybe it's just the clubs in the city that he's in. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. True. couple of days in Miami, Florida. I I mean, bigger picture, I don't really. I, I think the East is just such a clusterfuck this year that I don't think any team is standing out any more than other team. And, and for any reason to tear down the Sixers, I can tear down five other teams at the top yeah. of the East. So that's where I'm kind of at. Like I, I in a playoff series, I still kind of do like the, the idea of Joel Embiid and, and what that looks like without Ben Simmons for the first time because we yeah. haven't seen that. But at the same time, like, yeah, maybe maybe it's not all just Ben. Maybe there's some other choking on that team that, that – we can't all just pin on Ben Simmons. I don't know. Yeah, and like even today, Embiid missed two clutch free throws. Harden missed clutch free throws. I'm I'm at a point now where yeah, I agree. Like, it would have shocked me if this the Sixers made the finals. No, but I'm starting to build a a tier where it's like Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, and Brooklyn, and I'm starting to think that Philly's below that just based oh, on their ability they're, they're at least on miami's I, level i, I or... think they're I, in I, the I, same tier man like yeah they, they are look they they technically are but they're going against the heat i'm backing the fortitude don't get oh, i'm almost i almost said heat culture <laughs> here we go the fortitude yeah. heat culture and also the doc rivers thing man jesus Moses, how many 3-1 leads is that guy gonna blow yeah, like he, he hasn't hasn't had playoff success since since two thousand and eight. Spo, those guys pumped the Sixers. There was no James Harden. Fair enough. I like Milwaukee's ability to defend Embiid with Lopez coming back. But still, they've, still been, like a, they've been Milwaukee's been weird this year, right? Like, obviously, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but the, they haven't been the sort of. But you do give them the benefit of the doubt. We saw the level that they got to last season. So it's like, I know that they can do it for four rounds. Yeah. And and we know that Brooke Lopez was a big part of that. And he hasn't played yet. So. All right. Well, I'll I'll get you guys there. They're still, you still got them. (laughs) You're not willing to write them off yet. You've planted the seed in my head. I'll say that. Okay. I'm not rooting for them, but I can still see them winning. Maybe. I don't know. Well, here's their schedule. So. They play the Nuggets tomorrow. Cavs, Mavs, Raptors, Heat, Lakers. So they got it. Lakers, so by Lakers next won. week, we should have a little bit better of an idea. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have I a think couple so. more tough matchups. Yeah. It's just hard to, you know, replicate that big game feeling. But some of these are probably going to feel big, especially that Heat game on the 22nd of March. Yeah. That, that one is screaming out to me as a. It's a bit of a dream matchup. 
It's also just going to be weird. I think teams are going to start ducking the the one and the two seed. So who knows what's going to be happening with resting players and stuff because you don't want to play the Nets. I will say, though, on the like final thought, on the yeah. James Harden in the playoffs thing, I don't think for the first time, I don't think he's the number one on this playoff team. I think Embiid's the number one. And that in itself will make a difference. I don't know how much of a difference, but it will make a difference. I keep I hearing agree. that. T- totally agree. But it's just like, also, is he happy with that? Is he willing to embrace that? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, he kind of got, I'm not going to say ran out of Brooklyn, but like, I don't know. He was kind of the odd man out in Brooklyn in a weird way, even though Kyrie was playing half the game. So it's, it's weird, man. I, don't I, I just think that his floor is so low that he can bring a team down. Yeah. Like, like Giannis has a bad shooting game or a bad free throw game. He's bringing so much to the table. Whereas if Harden's not having an efficient scoring night, then, then he's it's not, just, that's yeah. it. What's he doing? Yeah, exactly. And I think this Sixers team has a really low floor. Like if he's not hitting, Thibault's shitting himself. Harris, notorious shitter of pants. Then it's think, all up to Embiid. I think these guys can lose by 30 and win by 30. It's just massive swings with these guys. So We will check back in on that next week. Yes, but we before we get to next week, why don't we jump into this morning's early game and one that you're no doubt way, way more positive about, the Celtics and the Mavs. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm most positive. I was, I was more excited after last week's 54-point um, Jason Tatum performance. But, <laughs> you would um, be. But, man, these two teams have had a weirdly similar season. Like yeah. at, like at around Christmas, they were at five hundred or just below, and now they both have the best records in their respective conferences, basically since January first. And it's been mostly because of defense. The Mavs have a top five defense. The Celtics have the number one defense, and the offense has come along. I know we touched on it last week, but I am straight up blown away by the Mavs' defense. I was not expecting this one iota. No, no, it, it still doesn't make sense to me a lot. Like I watch them and I'm like, they're really good at defense, but I'm like kind of just going through. I'm like, hey, Lucas, he's defending the best of his career, especially recently. Dwight Powell holding his own, Brunson... I think has gets a little of that Kyle Lowry, Marcus Smart, Chris Paul treatment where guys think they can post him up and then they try it and he's a thick boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, exactly and they fail. Mean. And it, it, again, it came back to that thing about, I said about Pop. They're connected and they're together and everybody's yeah. buying in and you've got wing stopper Josh Green doing his thing. Yeah, boy, do you ever. What a machine. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. I think... Jason Kidd's got them drinking the Kool-Aid because whatever, whatever's happening there. And, I mean, this is a guy who, what, two years ago was the defensive assistant on the Lakers who won the championship. And the Lakers now are conceding 48 points in a quarter against Phoenix. Oh, my Lord. And, and you know, Dallas are, are eking out these wins with, you know, with guys who we probably haven't really penciled in as defensive stoppers in the past. But, you know, Kidd's just got them all singing from the same hymn sheet. And, you know, to... <laughs> To, to get this win against Boston this morning while it was a, a you know, I, I don't think you, you you put a line through Boston after this game or anything like that. Like, it certainly wasn't no, that. Okay. But, it, but it, it, was a, it was a big win for Dallas. It's a, definitely a confidence builder for, for Dallas. And, and 
And as you said, they're just building on that momentum that they've had since the start of the, of the calendar year. Yeah, and Luca is in shape now. Like, but well, much better like, shape. It's a big part he, of it. He's, and I mean, like, he got banged up a little bit in the first quarter and had to come out. And, and that was like, weird too. Yeah, I just like I, I've watched Dallas probably the most in that same. It's it's weird. It's coincident coincidentally been that same period where I've started to watch them a lot closely and mm. I, I just think that this team is, is kind of built for playoff basketball in a way. Mm-hmm. I think they, they just play a really slow pace. Like Duke is so good at at, at, at dictating that pace and, and really slowing it down when he needs to slow it down. And I've also got athletes who can get up up and down the floor when they need to, but like he can just lull you into the half court and, and, and hit you with a step back and hit you with, with dribble moves and it's 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 they're a team that is probably a little bit under under firepowered for Luca. Like there's I, I don't think he has the weapons around him that he, he needs to, to win a championship, but he's really sort of trying to get as much as possible out of them and, and you know, Dinwiddie has been a revelation since that trade. Um, you know, Brunson's been a revelation all year for them really you know, I think Finney Smith can be a contributor when he's on. He was great today against Boston. You know, Bullock was mm. out today, but like he's another one. Like, they, they just got to kind of hit their their shots and, and play their role, and and they're going to be. I think they're going to be an awkward get in the playoffs. I, I don't think that they're necessarily going to threaten for the championship or anything like that. But you you probably don't want to come up against them either. Like it, it's. I, I think Luke has just got that something about him, man. He's got that little twinkle in his eye. He, mm. he, hasn't, he yes. hasn't got out of the first round yet, but like uh, those two Clippers series the last few <sighs> years have been memorable series where he's yeah, had big some time. big moments already. Yeah. This is like monster danger matchup. You do not want the Mavs because like, as you just said, every series without fail, Luca goes off, even if they don't win and you just don't want it. Like you don't want, you don't want that. You don't want him close because if his contributors can get him, at the finish line, he'll cross it. He'll do it himself. He'll get it done. He's got that magic about him. Uh, I, I don't care what team in the West it is. I don't think any team in there would be happy with a matchup against the Mavs. And I mean, same thing with Boston, right? Where they've just been red hot the last you know weeks, months, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like I think the belief is just a big thing, right? And mm. for both of these teams, it just whatever it is, they're just completely in sync. They're, they've completely bought into what they're doing. Everyone's kind of happy with their role. I think the Boston, where the difference is, like obviously Luca is, is still kind of the huge driving force behind everything that Dallas does. And I think Boston are a bit more of a well-balanced team in that regard. That you know, it, I mean, Tatum was a bit quiet in the second half today, but but they well, were still in the game until the very last possession. So like you know, it's it's not sort of relying on Tatum to go for fifty every every game with them. Well, yeah, it was the the game plan was pretty obvious from the get go. They doubled Tatum. Every as soon as you got over half court, and I think that's going to be a really good lesson for the Celtics because not a team hasn't gone to that defense straight away for a whole game yet, and also they haven't gone up against a defense that good throughout this stretch because the Mavs have one of the best defenses in the league, and I think um, you know we, we we love our top twenty five under twenty five. Mm. And it's become pretty clear that it's it's Luca and Tatum kind of near the top now, and the Celtics and Mavs Twitter that are that go at it every day. It's Luca's playmaking is obviously better than Tatum's, and then Tatum's defense is the the thing that he has over Luca. And the Celtics did a lot of double teaming of Luca as well today, 
But Luca's vision and passing ability is top. What it's Jokic, LeBron, yeah. Luca. Yeah, it's in that. It, it's right there, right? And so the 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 quality of shots that the Mavs were getting out of the uh, double teams were just much higher than the Celtics ones, and I think that that has to do with Luca's ability to to pass the ball, and the Celtics didn't feel quite ready for it today. Um, but it was an awesome matchup. You see two guys go head to head like that. Always fun. Luca just like then Mavs. It always comes down to the wire. Like three or four games in the row, and it's dagger threes in our face. We cannot beat these guys. It's it's terrifying. Um, that's what and all- that's what I mean. Like Celtics are by your own admission, Jake, the best defensive team in the league, and yeah. they struggled. So like no, they didn't. Who- the, the, neither team cracked a hundred points. It was just a slugfest. Uh, dude, I think Dallas had like 33 at, at the half. Yeah. Like it was it was a real like playoff slugfest. It's a perfect yeah. word for it. Um, I I mean, it's I think that's Dallas's style to, to the most point. That's it. That, this roster is kind of built in that way that, hmm. you know, you, you're not really going to expect some of these other guys to go for 25, 30 a game. You know, Luke is going to get that and then everyone yeah. else is whatever they can chip in, they can chip in. I, I mean, I... It fills me with optimism as a as a newly <laughs> newly minted, yeah, newly yeah. <laughs> but in, but at the same time, like in the week leading up, I mean, they dropped a game to the Knicks where they shot absolute terrible. I think they were. Yeah, like, that happens. You know, yeah, played that many games. Like, yeah, so like it's it's still one of these things where you know, I, I'm, I I thought it was a really good result. It was a really good game this morning. I mm. I, I enjoyed it. I, I've enjoyed watching Boston a little bit the last week or so as well. Oh, you know, careful now. I, they've they're really Boston good, fan. Know, what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I'm not putting them into that Warriors and Suns tier, but they're no, definitely like no. you can't put them up that high just yet. But no, but I would I, love to see a series though. One of something oh, like yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh Suns God. Warriors are. Uh, I mean, Suns Mavs are Warriors are Mavs. I like the formula because I feel like those last two. Um, Years where Luca's been in, they haven't had the defense. KP's been part of that, obviously. Um, but yeah, yeah like got, what yeah. addition by subtraction? Yeah, it's pretty crazy with Porzingis, who, yeah. mind you, they were on the run off for the Wizards that. the other day. Yeah, but uh, look, I went, I, I went through Twitter just because to see what Wizards were saying about um, <laughs> KP, and man, I think it's uh, it's Beatty's favorite line about Porzingis. Shout out my uh, FYB. Porzingis is seven foot three and can't post up. <laughs> there you go. He's I, a I shooting guard. Clockwork. First quarter of Beatty watching a Mavs game. Try and post his fucker up. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck can't this guy post up? It's um, it's it's funny as well because like Bertans has really been on the fringe since the trade. Like he hasn't really played mm. any significant minutes at all so in that sense yeah it definitely has been kind of an addition by subtraction and i mean maxi kleber i thought was awesome today like he, he, he was 13 really rebounds. Good. like he just he every he seemed like he was competing on every single rebound just being such a disruptive force on the glass so like they're going to need contributions from him and then contributions from powell who you know neither of those guys are sort of noteworthy centers by any means but yeah it's it's it's, it's coming along everything's kind of just Bubbling away nicely in Dallas. Yeah, Kleber had zero points. Yeah, and I thought it was awesome. Yes, yeah, I thought this. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I just want to. Oh yeah, go go go. 
No, I, I just think when you when a team is awesome, there's like a couple of guys that are just doing great stuff. They don't they're that buy-in. They don't care what their role is. They've as long as it's leading to wins. He took two shots, thirteen rebounds. Like that's a guy that's just battling and playing defense. Well, on this, I just want to compliment Jason Kidd, who's yeah. doing a unbelievable job coaching this team. Like it's the same team essentially that Rick Carlisle's had for a few years now, and it feels to me like he's already building something greater than what Carlisle ever put together with it. Yeah. I just want to say that when Jason Kidd was the coach of the Bucks those years ago, and then he had his sabbatical and the Lakers thing and all that kind of stuff, never, never did I expect that he would just be able to take control of it the way he has. Like his big feather on his the bill of his cap back then was <laughs> getting Giannis to play point guard which obviously long term has unlocked yeah. a side of Giannis which wouldn't have otherwise and it's awesome so thank you Jason Kidd but outside of that the team was very very pedestrian they were not that good then going to the Lakers in that and I can only really tell now because they play such unbelievably bad defense now versus when he was there when they won the title I feel like an I can see it in the Mavs sometimes now. Tell me if I'm wrong, Beatty. You've definitely watched more Mavs than me. But defensively, it's not as if everyone on the court is playing as hard as they possibly can every single second like it was much on that championship Lakers team. But when each of them does have to put in for something, the intensity at which they do it is unbelievable. Like Josh Green might have to, okay, you're on this guy. And he will play as if his life depends on it for those possessions. And then he's out. And then maybe the next time he comes back in, he's not on the best scorer on the court. So he doesn't have to play that hard. I don't know. But the Mavs, to me, seem like they know when to go put their foot down and really go for it's, it. it. It is hard because like, I, I think so much of defense, particularly in the regular season, like it's literally, and this sounds bizarre no. but it's literally just trying like it's literally yeah, yeah, just yeah. applying yourself and yeah. like i think so many teams just coast and and then i don't know once you get to the playoffs obviously you kind of expect it to ramp up a little bit and then it's whether or not the teams who have done that through the regular season you know have the reps kind of know what they're doing already versus yeah. you know teams who just start doing it then and and whether or not there's any trade-off in in not having as much practice with it i, I don't know but yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's a it's a it's a top five defense in the league, mm. and 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 it's keeping them keeping their season afloat. I wonder if it's like has it anything to do with Luca and Jason Kidd kind of being these kindred spirits, these flashy point guards. Obviously, Luca can shoot it better than, than Kidd, but you know what I mean. They're the same yeah, types of players. Sure. Yeah, the the ego, the. Yeah, 100%, 100%. yeah, I do, and I think oh, that's just some, that's something that I mean we we saw it as a maybe a, a wider trend in in the past off season in terms of coaching turnover, yes. and I mean obviously Udoka, former player, kid, yes. former player, Billups, Billups. In, in Blaze in the Blazers, yeah, like Jamal Mosley, Wesley yeah. Unseld, all these guys. So that are, that's yeah. kind of the way it's been going for the last year or two, and and uh, yeah, I, I mean the early results so far, you definitely mm. are, are optimistic if if you're a Dallas fan, kid, kid in particular though. Like his play style was obviously one where it runs through me. I might not be the top scorer on the team, but I am definitely the brains of this team. I'll I'll tell you when you get the ball and all that kind of stuff. And I think using the Giannis example, using the Luca example, 
he definitely gravitates toward these like players with their own gravitational pull, so to speak. He definitely, I think he likes working with the ones that can do a bit of everything just like he could. I'd like to work with Giannis and Luke too. Is it just that's nice. I, know, I, I, know, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, like but I think he, like, every coach is going to say yes of to course, both of Of course, of yeah. course. But what, what I'm saying is like with the Giannis example, he practically paired himself up with the guy and was like, you stick by me every day. We're going to be going over this and this and this. And like he clearly paid more attention to him than the rest of the team. And maybe that's just good coaching. Maybe that's what every coach would do. But like I, I feel like he sees a – a challenge in these guys, like watch me unlock something that they didn't know they could do. That's mm. how I'm identifying it anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just so hard to know what I, I mean, over a bigger picture with Dallas though, like I just, I, I, I you know, I really don't know what to think in, in both conferences this year. I, it's mm. so bizarre where I think in, in so many years in the past, we've been, been doing this podcast, like there's so many years there which is let's just pencil in the Warriors and, and whatever team LeBron's yeah. on now. Like yeah. and yeah. this year it's in both conferences. I obviously Phoenix have been, you know, record. I think this is a good a, good transition a, there. Well yeah. done. Yeah, but like it, I mean, it's 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 pretty exciting to kind of have this just complete openness right now. Yeah, for sure. Because like, you say like Phoenix, obviously top of the conference, they look great. But if they didn't make the finals, would you be surprised? Not at all. Not no. I I, yeah. I would be. I see. Maybe this is this is where I wanted to go. Like the. West contenders, I, 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 I give me give me the Mavs in that second round against one of those top teams because oh it'll be God. incredible. And yeah, yeah I, I do think that they're good enough where they can win. But this this Suns team, man, it does not matter if Chris Paul's out, Devin Booker's out. They are just murdering teams. And today, Brady said it before. They put up forty eight in the first quarter against the Lakers. Up by 26 in the first quarter. You know how hard that is to be up 26 in the first quarter? A lot of teams don't even score 26 yes. in the first quarter, i.e. the Lakers. <laughs> these, these, these guys are good. So did you, did you see um, AD's kind of quotes before the game? Uh, along the lines of if he wasn't injured last year, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 Asked about if he had, didn't have the coin injury, would you have beaten the Suns in the playoffs? He's like, it was. We know that. They know that. They got away with one. The right. Suns just put them in the dirt. Another nationally televised Lakers game where they're down <laughs> 25 in the first quarter. Is this the, the season more than any other where Lakers have been blown out on national TV? Well, because usually the teams that are on national TV are good, at least, <laughs> and it's not usually this bad. Like, the Lakers weren't on national TV as much when it was the, the Julius Randle, D'Lo teams. No, no. Definitely not. But, but they were expecting them to be good this year. And then D-Book gets asked after the game, did you hear what AD had to say? Yeah. Did it inspire you guys? No. This is going to happen anyways. I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's mad. <laughs> and he's sitting there. Go go look at the interview. He's got his black glasses. He's got fantastic style, I must say. Booker, yeah. he's really, yeah. A lot of these guys, I don't, I don't love this style, but he's he's got under control. He's just in a beautiful place. He had a beautiful game. <laughs> and um, I tweeted out, uh, the, you know that that game three of last uh, playoffs and the finals. Uh, oh no, of the the first round Suns oh, Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And LeBron's posting up uh, Crowder, I think, and Drummond's on the sideline, 
pretending to post up as well, having a good time, yada, yada, yada. Since that game, the Suns are 691 to the Lakers 573, and they are 6 0. There you go. The 120 point differential. They take that shit. I just kid. Um, I will say though, LeBron is now the first player ever to beat head in the 30k, 10k, 10k group. 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. It's just so sad. He's hitting all these milestones while he's down 20 points to the Suns, losing to the Rockets in overtime. Yeah. Yeah, he's had some spectacularly fun scoring games. Yeah. In but, just yeah. The worst team imaginable. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. But the Suns, as far as contender-wise goes, like I thought there might be a chance for the Grizzlies or the Warriors or someone to catch them. I think they've extended their lead well, since Chris Paul went out. But, like, okay, say they – let's just, for argument's sake, they've locked up the first seed, no one's catching them, that's, that's that. They have, basically. In the playoffs, can you not see the Grizzlies or the Warriors beating them in a series? Mind you, the Warriors got – Draymond back yes. today, and Clay Thompson had a clay game, so yeah. he's still alive. Yeah, all, all things, all things even with health. The only team I can see giving them a, a run and actually winning is the Warriors. I don't think the Grizzlies are ready. We kind of spoke about the Mavs and not quite having the firepower, etc. The Jazz, I mean, well documented. They're not, they're not going to the finals. The Suns, man, I think. The Mavs are a bit of a wild card. I don't know. I could, I, I, I could see that have, being really tight. I kind of have the Mavs and and Denver. Bo- and, and yeah, pure, I was about both to say. Of it, nah. both, I, I don't, both of it is purely just because they have two absolute transcendent players on their teams, right? But I, I there's just a glimmer of hope for both of those teams in my eyes. That's, the, that's, the, I, the Nuggets I would, have been... I would love to watch either of those series against, yeah. against obviously the Phoenix or the Golden State or whoever it is and just see how that plays out. Yeah, and I think part of it too is just that the Suns' path is going to be easier, right? So you got the yeah. one seed, you're playing either the... Um, the Lakers, maybe. You could play the Lakers, yeah, tr- yeah, which I guess, that's a good thing. You don't, you don't just hear those <laughs> stats. Like, I'm not, I don't think the Suns are too worried about that. You know, you don't reckon, even if it's the, this awful, awful Lakers, you don't reckon LeBron's a worry in the playoffs? I, I, get, I get it. And it's so hard for me to, to write him off. Yeah, but, but his team's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> he he put up. I think he put up forty today. I don't know. That didn't matter. I, I'm done. I'm as the biggest LeBron stand on this podcast. I'm done. Like it's not him. It's, it's not him. Just no, no. The rest of the team stinks, and, and I don't know what they can try and do in the off season. But you know, at this point, I would rather see like a Phoenix New Orleans series. Almost if Zion can mm. somehow get on hey, the court. He's on the like, sideline. Oh my god, he's celebrating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm speaking about the the Nuggets and their transcendent star. I'm just hanging for Jamal Murray to come back. I feel it's like coming. Aaron Gordon has been playing really good as a sidekick that does the little things next yeah, to Jokic. He, he's just not the, a number two. No, know, no, he's, he's not. He's a number overextended. Two. Yeah, yeah, but he is like a a really great role player to have on he's the a great, team. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got all those other guys who play their role perfectly. Well, yeah. Yeah, Joker has these guys playing like Humming. $10 million <laughs> above what they're yeah, getting paid somehow. 100%. And then you got Jokic, like bringing Jamal Murray back to that. I Seriously, if he can, I don't know if he's close, but if he, he could time close. it, if he could time it that they build a bit of momentum going in, I would not want to come anywhere near that team. It's just a lot to ask of 
guys coming back from injuries for that yeah, long yeah. going into the playoffs. Definitely. And I mean, like, it might even be in the... Not that they will, because Jokic only knows how to play his heart out, but it might be next year when they have, you know, Jamal Murray back, they've got old mate with the back issue. Once they they all come back, maybe that's when. Mm. Yeah, look, it's very possible, but as far as winning... Speaks to Jokic, though, that, like, they're, they're not even there, and we're like... I wouldn't want to play the uh, the Nuggets. That's... Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not with you guys on that. I think. I think that they'd be. A, they'd be fine. They swept them last playoffs. Obviously, there was no Murray. Oh, true. But MPJ was there. Um, well, maybe it was a five game series. I don't remember. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm, if you're the Suns, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I, I, there's I, I think a part, that good. There's a part of me that I, I think with both Phoenix and with Memphis, I I probably haven't given them enough enough run in my own sort of watching of them this season to really get a, a better feel for them. And obviously like it's, if you can go to a, a really strong regular season record and, and then still flame out in the playoffs. And I'm not saying sure, that of either of those teams are going to do that, but I, I just probably haven't watched enough of Memphis. In, some of the, the stuff with Memphis, like I think, you know, obviously Jar is just a walking highlight and, and you can't really go a week in the NBA without Jar doing something incredible, but like as a team, they're they're just a really solid team too, right? Yes. Like they're, they're, they're and rolling Memphis and been all year. Is a terrifying environment to play in in the playoffs. Like I yeah, remember those time. grit grit and grind eras. Great home and crowd. man, like you, any team, the Lakers with Kobe and Pau Gasol would go down there and have to eke out a win because it's so tough. There's some, there's I, some good crowds there. I guess it's just also like, yeah, like it's that sort of Memphis thing where they've got, you know, a really good rotation, obviously good home court, all that, but like versus, yeah, a Dallas or a Denver where it's one guy and a, a bunch of role players and like how good is this guy essentially? That's that's yeah. kind of the test, really, I suppose. And, and in similar to the East, and this is bigger overarching theme, I just, I don't think, I, I guess I need to see it for me to like, what, how, however it's going to play out. This is not a penciled in, oh, the Warriors are going mm. to the finals again. This is, yeah. it's, I, I feel like, yeah, any of these teams can kind of maybe beat any of them. The only one I have no confidence in is the Jazz. Yeah, <sighs> yeah look, I, obviously as the resident Jazz defender on this part, like I still like them, but I, I, I think there's a ceiling on that team and unfortunately it's, it's not as high as some of the other teams. And that's, no. I, at this point, that's where I'm at with them, yeah. Yeah. And the Warriors, they were struggling there a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we'll close with some of the injury guys, injured guys coming back. But you lose your defensive anchor in Draymond. Like mm. it makes sense that there's going to be some slippage, and the slippage I, was overblown to the like. You know, they're still half a game back at the two seed, right? Like, yeah, people were acting like these guys were were dropping like stones. I think it was just they were so good before yeah. that. That everyone was like, what? Maybe they're not invincible, but, yeah. you know, they were still quite good. Now they've got Draymond back yeah, and so Clay. Exciting. You so, know, yeah. they haven't really played together yet. So that was special, man. The, the the Bucks versus the Warriors game. I was really keen for that one. They started Steph, Poole, and Clay, mm. which they had not really done a lot of those guys together. But Poole's been so good that it's like, okay, I. I Let's just put all our firepower out there and see how it goes. And then Wiggins and he got like four. thirty points, didn't he? Dude, Clay and Paul exploded, and Steph had four field goals at like towards the end of the fourth quarter. And I, it was 
it was beautiful. It was like just quintessential. This is why Steph is one of the greatest teammates of all time. He was having more fun than Clay and Poole mm. watching these guys just go off. But I mean, is there anything more special than watching Clay Thompson go off? We know. Especially after two years. And if There's you're a Warrior, I like more. If you're a Warriors fan, it's been it's been kind of rough, you know, and it may, and it's not surprising. The expectations are so high and unfairly so for him to come back and be so good straight away. And this was the first game where he went clay mode. And they ran that lineup against Giannis. Mm. Which is going to be more difficult to do now with Lopez back. But I think it reminded me that the Warriors are in the same tier of the as the Suns for me. And I have those two in their own tier at the top. But man... Uh, yeah, it's an interesting it's look special. like that. If they're running that and if they go to that in the playoffs, like it's something that they haven't had, you know, be, obviously the Durant years are a different beast altogether, but like yeah, no. to, to be able to do that, like it's it's interesting because, yeah, Poole has been a revelation for them this year. He's been awesome, right? So I I mean, it's, yeah, you can't, obviously you can't count them out. It, it, Steph's had a, a lean couple of months, but this is the thing, right? And 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 you kind of touched on it. Like if if some of these other guys have got it going and they're able to score, Steph's going to find them. Steph's going to get looks for them, and and, and Draymond's only going to do the exact same thing again. So yeah. it's 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 they're they're probably a little bit ominous because I feel like mm. they've been they have they've cooled off a little bit. That early season red hotness has cooled off. Draymond's been injured and. I, Maybe this is the kind of sneaky, low-key, under-the-radar thing that they, they want in a way. <laughs> or it's all coming together. Yeah. yeah. Very good time. And I mean, like, to your point, Jake, from minute one till minute 48, every single game of the season, maybe the Suns are the more consistently good team than the Warriors. But the, the Warriors just have this switch they can flip where they just eviscerate a lead or they just... Yeah put 30 points on the board in five minutes and it's no one else can do that. So that they're, they're a threat. They're a threat no matter what. Big time. Um, but I guess that's kind of all i got to talk about today, fellas. Any any closing thoughts? Any Anything to look forward to? Well, we got Celtics Warriors on Wednesday, which should be good in our, in uh, Chase. That will but, be good. Um, yeah, your boy Caruso back in town. Yeah, speaking about Brook Lopez, Draymond Green, these guys been out for ages. Russo Goat is back. And man, Caruso. one game in, he just picked straight back up where he left off, four steals, a block. Like the right. guy is born to just make it hell for the other team. Yeah, and this is why like these t- and it, I felt this so much with the Celtics last season where everybody was down on them. But it's because you got absences and injuries and people are like, oh, what's wrong with the Bulls or what's wrong with the, the Bucks, etc." It's like, well, these pieces are really important mm. and injury luck is such a massive part of success in the NBA. Like you take out one or two of these top five, top six guys, unless you're the Suns apparently, it makes a massive impact. And especially for a team like the Bulls where defense is held together yeah. apparently by a select few, a couple yeah. of guys. It's really important. And, man, he does everything. He does everything. He's just one of those guys. He's a Derek White type guy. He actually uh, – call me crazy here, Jake. He actually strikes me as a Celtic. Oh, like my God. I, f- I feel perfect. like if Caruso was on the Celtics, they'd build a statue of this guy outside the ground. 
Well, that's what's great about Caruso, man. Lakers fans absolutely love him. He's a folk hero already in Chicago. He's clearly just one of those guys. Yeah, like Derek White on the him. message boards. Yeah. Everybody's like sacrificing their firstborns <laughs> to get to get him back. Yeah. And it's like, bro, this guy averages like 11 points. What's the big deal? And it's like, oh, he just does everything. See. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was awesome to see him back. Like, so. Just need Lonzo now. Lonzo. And Zach missed that game with the knee again. So, I don't. Hopefully, it's just. It was nothing, but. Yeah. It's a little I'll have worrying. To wait and see. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyone that's, that's had a knee injury already and can fly and jump yeah. through the ceiling, it's it's never good. But yeah, no, I got nothing else. Just want to get your boy Caruso in there. All right, fellas. Well, I appreciate that, Jake. Thank of you. Of course. And uh, you've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty, as always. And until next week, we will chat to you then. Peace.